Hello and welcome to another wonderful Friday on Speaking for Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen, and here's your host, Andrew Gomison. Hello, Dan. Uh, this is Andrew, and I'm grateful to be with everyone here on this beautiful Friday. And we are continuing on in our series on my identity in Christ. A while back, um, we, we did a podcast on Who Am I? And I started thinking about it and realizing that we should elaborate on that a little bit. So we've done a couple episodes on this topic recently, and we're going to continue on in that series today. <clears throat> and today's topic is my identity in Christ. I am blameless. Um, and so we are going to, uh, share now our quote of the day to get started. And it comes from Romans 3, 23 and 24. Dan, could you read that for us? Of course. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. All right, so you see in this verse that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us is perfect. Drats. We can't do anything of our own power to become perfect, but... When you read it, when you read Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, with Romans 3.24, that we are justified freely through the redemption that it is in Christ Jesus, all of a sudden we have another way more positive outlook, which is when God looks at us, he looks at us through the redemption of Jesus Christ, and the redemption of Jesus Christ is perfect and complete. Therefore, according to God's word, we are indeed blameless. So we're going to look at some points along those lines today. And the first one is, I am blameless because God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man would some even dare to die. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Romans you, 5, 6, and 8. And usually I start out by giving my thoughts on the verse, and then I let Dan come in and, and give any thoughts he has. But I'm wondering if Dan could start us off today and just tell me um, what are your thoughts on these verses? What do these verses bring to mind? Well, first of all, reading King's James Version is occasionally a tongue tire. <laughs> it, it is indeed, but I want to keep you awake. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that would work, wouldn't it? Anyways, um, most people would probably recognize this verse better than NIV translation, which you know, starts, which basically says, when we're yet sinners, Christ died for us, is how it basically starts in NIV. Um, this is kind of fun to have it a little different. When it says we are yet without strength because it has a little more nuance. But still, um, Christ died because we were absolutely horrible people and <laughs> all around sucky. You know, just read the Old Testament. You'll get the idea. We were not, we we're not very good, uh, overall. But God says, I don't care, but I have to have an appropriate sacrifice. To forgive them. So he sent Christ. Christ died. Now we get to call God dad. And that's wonderful. It is indeed wonderful. And actually piggybacking on what you said about um, the usual 
uh, interpretation of the scripture and the usual reading of the scripture. Usually we only read, we often only read Romans 5.8. If you're talking about the Romans road or whatever, we read Romans 5.8, but God commanded his love toward us and that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. But I thought it was important to go back to Romans 5.6 because it's really the key to the whole thing. If we don't realize that we don't have strength, then we're not going to call upon the Lord. So for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's that's really the key to everything that we're discussing today. Um, all right, I am blameless because I'm not who I was. <clears throat> know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of ye. But ye are washed, and ye are sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the of Lord Jesus, and by the Spirit of our God. First Corinthians 6, 9-11. through 11. When you look at that list, especially when you, when you bring it down to, as Jesus did, our thought life, and not just our action life, you can find that most, that you can, most of us can find ourselves somewhere on that top list of all these evil things that mankind is capable of and has done. But the reason that we have hope is because of the second part of this passage that says, such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So Paul isn't saying that you need to have some sort of perfection or having never sinned. What he is saying here is that um, because you were this way, but you're not this way anymore. Um, one thing that I like to remind people of when I preach is that God says to us, come to me as you are, but he doesn't leave us there. If he left us there, it would not be a very good situation for us. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any additional thoughts, Dan? Well, while you're speaking, I was looking up, um, other translations, because I have a nice Bible app that lets me do that. And uh, one of the other ways people say say that, say this verse, um, speaking of thieves or the covetous, neither will thieves nor those who always want more and more. Neither will those who are often drunk or tells lies or cheat. People who live like that shall not receive God's kingdom. That's um, verse 10 from the New International Reader's Version. And it makes sense because some of these words that we use in the King James Version, we don't really use in common parlance anymore. So most people don't know what it means when it says nor infeminate, which is usually translated nowadays as homosexuals or in some other versions, men who sleep with men. Oddly, it doesn't mention women, but whatever. But I think the best part of the new King or the King's James Version that doesn't usually show up in most other translations are Abusers of themselves with mankind. That's kind of smoothed over a little bit. <clears throat> in um, <coughs> excuse me, in the other um, versions, and I think it's important because um, 
when it says nor abusers of themselves, it's um, implying a lot of things that people normally don't think about when they read this list. Like, you know, people who cut themselves or who are always down on themselves and basically undercut their own self-worth or their image of themselves in God's eyes and things like that, you know. Or, you know, people who are gossipers or abusing both themselves and other people, people who, you know, masturbate or whatever, or abusing themselves. And it's all, you just even drinking and doing drugs is abusing yourself. And some of these other translations kind of accidentally, you know, look past the kind of thing that would be implied if you use that language that the King James uses. And I think that's a good good point to make about abusing yourself too, because I I I saw this meme that was shared by a friend of mine not too long ago, and it said something about how when God says no, if you were to finish that thought, what He's really saying often is don't hurt yourself. Yeah, we don't often look at it that way. We often look at it as like He says no, and we say bummer. Why Why would God say no to this? But what he's really saying is don't hurt yourself. Be more. Be better. Because what I have for you is better than what you're thinking that you need. Yeah. And so I really I really resonate with that. Well also too, um I tend to think of this a lot to myself and I'm you know going over this kind of thing, like why God says no in my head. Um a lot of it and this is true and really kind of hard to wrap your head around, but a lot of it is because God sees the consequences that we can't, you know? Oh, absolutely. People think, uh, there's a lot of people who are just getting into Christianity or raised, uh, in a church, quote unquote, not necessarily good church or even a church church, but they're raised with this idea that God is this uh, implacable figure up in the clouds. He's the big judge, and he says no, and that's it. You can't think about it. Don't do it. Why? Just don't do it. And it never gets explained to the kids, you know, why God says no. It's not that he doesn't like you. It's not that he hates you. It's not, it's not even that he wants you to be unhappy or miserable or all this – or live because of this strict standard – that will suck the joy out of life like some people seem to believe. No, it's no, like a parent says no. It's no because I know what the consequences are and you don't yet and I don't want to see you hurting yourself. You know, like when your parent says, don't touch the stove. Don't put your hand in the fire. Don't put your hand in the oven. Why? Because it's going to hurt you. <laughs> and little kids don't understand it. And as adults, we still understand why God says no, but it's the same principle. God is saying no. Because he does not want us to, you know, basically stab ourselves in the gut. Mm, absolutely. That's a very good way to put it. Okay, our third one is, because because I am blameless, I can live a pure life in this world. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings or disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Philippians two thirteen through 15. And this one specifically resonates with me because we see a lot of filthiness, a lot of going against oh, biblical Lord. principles in our world today. But God says you can live above that. You can live a pure life um, if you hold fast to the the things that I teach. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's even in this same chapter where Paul talks about, um, or it might be one chapter uh, after this in Philippians where he says, holding forth the word of life. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the word of life is what allows us to not have to do the things that we used to do. Remember the previous verse that we talked about was such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are uh, justified in the name of the Lord. And so because of that, we can live a pure life even in the midst of evil. And there certainly is that around today. Yep. And for clarity's sake, I like, um, you know, the NIV and the message when they uh, say, when it says here in the Kings James about murmurings or disputings, uh, in a lot of the other ones, it says, don't grumble. <laughs> and it's a lot easier for English speakers nowadays to understand what grumbling means over murmurings. You know? I, I don't know if you remember this because you're about, uh, well, you're, uh, a few years younger than me. I think I'm like eight years but, younger than you. Um, there was a series of children's tapes by Steve Green called Hide Them in Your Heart. Uh huh. And I still remember one of the tracks was from this passage and it says, it was like, do everything without, um, complaining, do everything without arguing that you may become blameless and pure children of God. Yep. And that song stuck these truths into my head in a way that I'll never forget. So scripture songs are really, uh, neat and really useful. And fortunately for you, they hardly ever use the King James Version, so. Thank goodness. That'd be so hard to sing. Incidentally, our pastor at uh, True Life Bible likes to bring those little scripture songs in every once in a while. It has everybody sing it like four times over. <laughs> well, it definitely sticks in your head. I mean, I remember it from from this that time to now. I mean, if there was a time for a while where we'd get one of those hide them in your heart tapes in the tape deck and every single time we went on a trip for like a month or two we could play that <laughs> i bet so um i am blameless because he gave me his righteousness for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of god in him second corinthians five twenty one. have you ever seen these ads uh these ads, Dan, where it says buy one, get one free, or that you can exchange. Bogo. Or you can exchange certain things for certain other things. Yep. Um, for special situations. I buy 10, get, get the 11th three. I always, or, or get your 11% off with mail and rebate at Menards. Uh, <laughs> Save not a, big money. Not a sponsor. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I just think of that when I read this because it's the best exchange program or exchange rate you'll ever get your sin my sin for his righteousness yep and it's just mind-blowingly amazing that that's even a thing or or in other words him for infinity of us (laughs) oh absolutely i mean because you can't do better than perfect righteousness so nope um do you have any additional thoughts before we move on well this is a little bit from the previous and in, in rolled into this one, but um, to being for being uh, blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Yeah, our poor nation. We used to be a nation that could actually say with truthfulness that we were a Christian nation. 
that kind of went out the side about 50 odd years ago. But even so, he is, he had made Christ to be sin for us because Christ knew no sin so that we could be righteous in God. And that applies even, um, I think on a national scale is we've, we've done it before, but that means we can do it again. You know, we can bring our nations, our communities back towards, you know, Christ and things will get better. God, and, God actually promises that to the children of Israel. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because there's this passage in second Chronicles that says, um, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. The significance that I want to bring out, though, is that that was a promise of God that he made while they were being faithful. Yep. He said, you are being faithful right now, but I know that you won't because I'm a perfect, all-knowing God, and I know that you will turn away and stray away. But yep. if you turn back to me and then pray, I, and pray, then I will do this. And so he he is forecasting doom, but at the same time forecasting hope. And, and the thing is, he said that to um, the Israelites, but he also he's also saying that to us. I I hundred percent agree with you. If we pray and we turn from our evil ways, he will hear from heaven and he will heal our land, and he will do it. He says, "I'm going to do it." And what one thing that should everyone should be able to say for sure about God is he never, ever goes back on a promise. No, period. he doesn't. He always does what he says he's going to do. And because he has fulfilled so many promises in the past, that means we can trust him to fulfill promises um, in the future, which is a perfect segue to our final discussion point today. He will keep me, he will keep and present me blameless to God. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory and with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Jude one, 24, 25. I don't know about you, but it is exceedingly relieving to me that I don't have to do the work. (laughs) he is going to keep me because I have placed my trust in him. And if it was any other means of salvation, I would fall short of it. As we, as we started out saying in the beginning of this episode, all have fallen short. So if we, if we start to be think in any respect that we are going to be enough, we'll fall flat on our face. That hurts by the way. That's what, and sometimes he hurts us physically to do it. And, Often he, he hurts us um, emotionally when we do things that he says to us not to do. Because like I said earlier, um, he he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves. No. He wants us to be preserved. And it's interesting how even as I was putting together these points and not necessarily seeing all their connections to each other, how they do, you know, actually most of them fit together very well. Because we started out talking about how we all fall short, and then we end by saying he can present me complete and fully righteous before God at the end of time. And I'll be honest. One of my favorite scenes from the end of uh, the New Testament is um, the courtroom scene where we're up in front of God with Jesus as our defender and 
Satan as the prosecutor and the whole, the whole thing, the whole point of that is Satan will accuse and accuse and accuse. And Jesus says, yeah, so what? <laughs> and God says, okay, I'm going with Jesus. <laughs> Essentially, that's true. I mean, because he paid the penalty and there's no way that he can pay more than what he already paid. He literally washed away our sins. And the devil can throw mud as much as he wants, but it's not going to work. So to end, I just want to encourage you that if you haven't trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, to do it today because you'll face him one of two ways, uh, either as a judge or as a defense attorney. And I would rather have him as a defense attorney. No kidding, um, eh? I, I still remember kind of the lyrics of this worship song um, that goes, one day every knee will bow, one day every tongue will confess. That Jesus Christ, um, that Jesus is, Lord. Christ is Lord. And then it says, um, the, everyone will do this. But then it goes on to say, but the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly do so now. Gladly so, chooses now. Uh, gladly choose him now. So all of us are going to do it. It's not a question of whether we will do it. It's a question of whether we will choose him now so that he can defend us against Satan or whether we will we will bow later and it will be too late and he will say, I don't know you, I think, which is the most chilling words we could hear. I think that's a Phillips, Craig and Dean song, by the way. It's 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 a very good song. And I've I've seen I've heard people use it in church um, many times. I don't know if I heard it when I I've, I don't know if true life has ever done it, Dan, but I remember singing it in church on several different occasions. Um, but I just want to encourage you guys to trust him now because you won't regret it. Yep. Do you have any final thoughts? Well, you kind of sum things up rather well. <laughs> um, uh, I guess the only other thing to bring up um, is that going to Jesus is never going to be a mistake. And once he's got you, there's nothing anyone else can do to say otherwise, period. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. And I hope that this encourages you. Um, please know that you can download any of these podcasts from my website totally free of charge. And if for some reason you would like, um, CDs of a particular series of episodes that I do, especially because they're not usually consecutive, <laughs> you may request that and we will do what we can to get a CD into your hands with these shows on them. So um, just avail yourself of the resource so that people that might not be on the internet can hear these as well. They're totally free of charge. Download them at your leisure. All right, well, that's about all I have time for today. But I want to encourage you to have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 